any culture in the world, I, I personally believe, revolves around food in one way or another. Um, I think food is the one thing that unifies all people everywhere in the world is we all need to eat. We all love yeah. to eat. So food plays a big part of that, um, that sort of cultural um, anchor that we feel um, in terms of the connectedness to our past. Um, but that's a really good example about the Middle East and bakeries. I remember when it opened up. I remember, I remember the first time um, I walked in there. <coughs> Excuse me. I remember the first time I walked in there, um, and it felt like the most beautiful thing because I could smell all the different spices, and it smelled like home. And and obviously, I was looking through the you know the the display stand, and I was like, oh, I know everything here. This is, it's just so good, um, and. I can't believe that it took so long for for mm. someone to open up a Middle Eastern bakery here, but they do great. Every, like there's people there all the time, and, yeah, yeah. And I've introduced so many people, you know, so many people to the, to that place because it's they're just they just do a good job. You know, they're 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 humble, they're down to earth. They're it feels like it's a perfect fit for Tasmania. So, um, yeah, I think Middle Eastern food has a lot of. Um, love in it a lot of uh, heart in it as well so you know when you describe food as being hearty or being comfort food I always think of Middle Eastern food it's mm -hmm. just so um, considered I think and um, there's a lot of history in there as well yeah yeah and also food has uh, you know we have strong emotional connections to particular you know like a dish that our mother cooked when we were kids and especially when you're far away from home. And I'm saying this because so many people I've talked to have mentioned things like this. Mm. There are, you know, there's a real um, a, emotional power to being able to cook a particular dish here mm. that you've missed mm. because, you, you know, your mum's over in know, Turkey or somewhere mm. and you want to, you know, connect you to this place where you used to be. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, interestingly enough, um, my my partner was um, was visiting last week. Uh, she lives up in Launceston, so um, she was over, and because we just started Ramadan, uh, I decided to sort of cook something a little bit more traditional and something that um, just reminds me of home. And she absolutely loved it, and she, you know, she got into it, and she was helping me cook and so on and so forth. But ultimately, what I realized that whole experience offered was a deeper connection to my partner as well because she got to hear about you know the the stories that I had that took me back to this time where this dish was present and and the connection that I had you know to to the family and and to the food that we cooked together and now that I'm bringing that into you know um into this relationship with my partner and um it actually bonded us a little bit closer we mm -hmm. we felt a little bit more connected just because we sat there cooking this dish together and eating it together and talking about it and, and talking about the history and and the connection that I have to it so um, I think food is again something that can really help people understand each other a little bit better some people like um, uh, that I invite to my house and then I cook something like you know for dinner or something and they're just like surprised like mm -hmm. yeah like oh um like their 
feeling like we that I do that stuff and I say oh no I said don't worry because this is what we're doing like uh, if I have a guest I have a friend visit then I need to feed them you know yeah. you don't go out from my house get hungry you gotta yeah. you gotta like have a full stomach when you come <laughs> to my house <laughs> yeah so and then sometimes I you know like I like if there's a leftover all right take it, take it home take it home yeah. with you and then it's like oh Uh, are you sure you don't have to do that? And I said, like, no, no, I want to do this. That's okay because, you know, um, I'm happy to do it. Which they they're thinking it costs money and you know like the food and everything. And as, but I don't think that way. It's food. So yeah, yeah I already cook it. So, and I'm happy like if someone enjoy my food. Like yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, take it home with you. Take it home with you yeah. because I know that they're going to eat it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's one of the our culture that when you come to my house, you don't get hungry. We gotta feed you. We gotta like give you something to yeah. eat. You you sort of grew up in a more of a country rural area. Country rural, yeah. Grandpa even had two cows. Okay. Yes, and we had fresh milk. And uh, we grew around uh, potatoes and vegetables. We had a big garden in the in the back. Yeah. So is that the the usual sort of lifestyle for people in that yeah, area? No, they, yeah, no. Everybody was about you know had the, had the little garden or a field, a little field nearby somewhere. Yeah, very very different lifestyle to today. Different I lifestyle, guess. yeah, but it was, I suppose, healthier, mm. healthy. So we we had fresh milk every day, and you know all health, good vegetables. Yeah, and meat we only could afford twice twice a uh, a week, mm-hmm. but in winter it was a different story. We had our own pigs. Oh, okay. We had our pigs, and um, every winter we had um, killed two pigs with the help of neighbors. They, oh, I didn't like to listen to the poor pig when mm. they cut <laughs> cut his throat. But all the lovely things you can we could have when we came back from school, we had a feast. Yeah. So, so what kind of um, food was sort of common to eat at that time? Oh well, uh, in in uh, early autumn there was the sauerkraut making mm-hmm. the sauerkraut cabbage. Oh, that was something for us children. We we enjoyed it because we had to dance on the cabbage. Oh, okay. Yes, Grandpa would grate it and then put one raw cabbage. And herbs, and what else? All sorts of herbs and salt, mm-hmm. and then every row. And we children had to wash our feet, and then we were dancing on it, treading on it, you know, to have a real fun. And uh, when it was full, then was put um, two big stones on it, mm-hmm. rocks, to keep it down, and was put in the cellar. And we had sauerkraut. All, all through the winter. Yeah. And sauerkraut was cooked with some pork from mm. our pig. 
Yeah. And it was very delicious. The typical dishes you would have, of course, seafood. Um, fish is such a big staple for the Creole families. Um, but yeah, it would be really spicy. Um, so there's a lot of influence uh, of Africa, um, Asia and Europe um, in terms of how the people look, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the cultures have are shown then through our cuisine. Mm. Um, so we have a lot of curries. Um, we have a lot of um, dishes that involved chilies, um, fresh produce, of course. Um, a lot of them are also salted. So like okay. we'll have salted beef, salted fish, um, salted pork even. Um, and back home when you would go to the butcher and you walk in and you'll see just like the locally made salted sausages um, that we would normally cook in lentils. And that's something I so miss. Like I can't seem to find the right sausages here to do it with. Um, But And then you would also see blood sausage. Okay. So that was also something that is quite popular back home. But then just grilling large snappers and um trevally and all that Mm -hmm. like groupers as well um and that's something that's just um yeah you go to someone's house for dinner or a party there's always a whole grilled fish there (laughs) like it's just yeah expected you know um and then the curries are endless like chicken and octopus um yeah yeah, beef pork chicken like i think the creole are also like very adventurous in their in the stuff they cook as well Mm -hmm. but also there's a lot of sweets and i think a lot of the sweets actually come from the indian part all right because we do have similar sweets to them but then Going back to my grandmother, she had this dish that she would always prepare using mango, which is a mm-hmm. savory dish. So she would use two bread knives. So instead of like using a grater to grate the the mango, she would use the two bread knives and like just hit onto the mango all around and sort of like uh-huh. chip away at the mango to okay. make it. And it, it was amazing. Like she would just do that all the time. And then I asked her, I said, like, why wouldn't you just use a grater? And she said, no, nah, this is how my grand, my grandmother taught me how to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's the same with like coconut milk. You'll never go to someone's place in the Seychelles and they've like canned coconut milk. Mm. It'll be done fresh from the coconut. They'll sit outside and just grate at it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So those small things like that and, yeah, the, the just the whole experience of, like, even when we cook something here and it turns out to be 90% mm. of what it could be back home, it just brings memories to both of us. And it's such something so special, I think, mm. for us. And I think my mom knows that we miss those little things, so sometimes she posts little care packages with all the biscuits and treats that we like from back home (laughs) so we're very thankful for that but yeah um i think 
the Creole food is just something very different. Also about uh, food, this is quite funny. So um, you probably know in, in Russia, I'm, I'm sure it's the same. People are very hospitable. Mm -hmm. um, so especially against smaller towns or um, older generation. Uh, if you come to visit someone, especially if it's been previously arranged, like, oh, like, come to visit me or like, come to have a cup of coffee. There wouldn't be just a cup of coffee. <laughs> there would be a full meal and like sometimes too much of it. And especially if, so, if it's uh, an occasion like a birthday or a New Year's Eve or some other thing, that would be just like ridiculous amount of food in the house. Mm -hmm. Um like my friends, so like people from big cities who are younger, um, kind of getting less and less. But I mean, this tradition is still in place, but people cook less and less. They might order some food, they might like, prearrange because they're busy. But this tradition is still in place. Like your, your house needs to have food if you're inviting someone. Here it is so relaxed. Like you mm. don't, you, we might like my husband and I, sometimes we go to Launceston to visit his friends or they come over here. And first times I was quite anxious. I mean, like, oh, they are coming for your birthday. What are we cooking? He's like, we're going out for dinner. I'm like, yeah, but what are we cooking? So, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, those things are quite... <laughs> I, after that, I relaxed completely and I just <laughs> taken it as a blessing that I don't need to cook for <laughs> more people than I'm uh, used to. So, yeah...